You are listening to the REI Mastermind Podcast. Join JD as he chats with industry-leading real estate experts and professionals. We learn from their experience and uncover the strategies to their success that we can implement into our own businesses and we can drive immediate results today. They share their experience and wisdom as we build the foundation to our own success. This is the REI Mastermind Network. We have Rudy Kusuma on the call today. Rudy is kind of specializes in helping realist, realtors make their million dollar businesses. Um, uh, but there's a lot of cross pop propagation here. And I really wanted to have Rudy on the show to talk about a few things. If you want more information, if you're a realtor yourself, or you're thinking about becoming a realtor, I would head over to his website, yourhomessoldguarantee.com. Um, in fact, uh, I think you gave me a, must be a different URL that uh, redirected, but I'm going to make sure to have uh, your link in the show notes. Um, but uh, I really appreciate your time, Rudy. Um, and it's topagentsfreedom.com, topagentsfreedom.com. Uh, really appreciate your time, Rudy. And I hope we can dive into a few things here today, especially on how to build teams and, and using some technology. It's a pleasure to be here, Jack. Thank you for having me on the show. Yeah, you bet. So, you know, uh, how can I can I start things off? You know, real estate investing and becoming a realtor and a broker. I've always found that these uh, careers have typically been uh, by accident. How did you get into this? <laughs> yeah, I was. Well, actually, I was selling door to door. I was. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And Robert Kiyosaki said the number one skill in life is sales. So I was selling door to door and my clients was uh, brokerage. So that's how I get into um, flipping homes. Initially, this is back in uh, 2001. And then you remember the market crash 2008. That's when I got my real estate license to focus mainly on short sales because then I couldn't, you know, uh, couldn't flip home. So that's how I actually, I stumbled upon it. My, I was selling promotional items to real estate brokerage. And one of the brokers encouraged me to get into uh, real estate licensing, but I wasn't interested because I was with Robert Allen. I'm not sure this is back 2001. I was with Robert Allen, Robert Kiyosaki, uh, flipping homes, the market changed. Then I get into short sales. So that's how I end up. And then when I get into uh, real estate, business as a licensee, Jack, I realized, oh my gosh, these real estate agents, it's a one-man show, meaning one agent doing everything all by themselves. The average agent, according to the National Association of Realtors, they only sell about three, four homes a year. And me as a brand new agent in 2007, 2008, I was selling about uh, four or five homes a month. And when the market crashed, many real estate agents quit the business. And then I was in an office of 300 agents and I became like the number one within my first year. And I was like, wow. So that's when I realized there is an opportunity, Jack, in the real estate industry as the agents that, hey, uh, the gap is the team model. I think real estate industry is the only Real estate agents is the only business that one person do everything all by themselves. The only one. 
So well, my- I, I think you're going to find some real estate investors doing that too. You know, I, I think that's what I think is especially interesting here. You you talk a lot about building those teams where when you're talking to realtors, you know, and we're going to focus mostly on realtors, but I think a lot of real estate investors can apply some of these strategies as well. Like what are some of those low hanging fruits, things that they could get off of their off of their table and uh, so that they can focus on their core business, which is actually the, that sales. Yes. So we got to ask ourselves, you, you are the rainmakers in your business, right? So first of all, you got to know, well, how much do you worth an hour? So it's easy, right? How many deals you make? So, so, so for us, the, the, my first hire, Jack, is, is an assistant, right? And, and an assistant, I delegate so that's the key word. There's a difference between delegate and just abdicate, right? See, most real estate agents and investors, they abdicate, meaning you don't like to do something and then you hire someone to do something that you are not good at. <laughs> so abdicate means you are good at something and then you delegate, you teach it, you fire, essentially you are firing yourself from that position and somebody else. So now you can be good at something without you actually doing it. So my first hire was an assistant and I was doing a lot of short sales 2008. And the purpose, the role of an assistant is to fax documents. I'm not sure you remember back 2008, every short sale documents, literally the pitch, the documents like this thick. And back then somehow, I don't know why the banks don't have email or something, but so they asked us to use fax. So the problem with faxing these three documents, by the time you hit this, then the fax machine jams, so you have to redo the whole thing. So I realized it cannot be me, right? So that's when I hire someone to all their job is to put together the short sale package, make sure the package is complete with all the documents and stand in front of the fax machine (laughs) to make sure the documents get through the other side pick up the telephone, speak with the banks to make sure that they receive a completed short sale package. So that's the genesis of the team. The easy easy hire will be like an assistant. Right. Well, I think what's important there is that you mentioned that you have to have a strong understanding of how that role or that those tasks are, are done before you delegate it to somebody else so you can train it and so that they they basically have a a roadmap on what your expectations are and you know what they're doing. Yes. Let's take it a little bit more advanced now. The assistant is kind of like, uh, maybe most people can understand, but let's take it a deep uh, further here. Uh, what about prospecting, lead generation, mm-hmm. right? So, so what we do now in my team, uh, we generate about 5,000 prospective buyers and uh, and homeowners calling us every single month. But if it's depending on me personally, it's not going to happen, right? So now, so so when we build, when we talk about building a team, we are talking about each individual has a specific role. So the keyword is specialist. So you hire a specialist, so you create a position and you have a specialist in that position. So one department is prospecting. So our, 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 our marketing department focus only on lead generation. The lead generation could be from radio, from billboards, from direct mails, right? All the all the all the direct mails that that we go after people that's behind on their mortgage payments. That once you figure out how to do that, 
you can delegate it to somebody else. Prospecting, number one. Number two, when the leads call, so now we go into the second department, right? So first is the marketing department to generate the leads. The second one is once the leads call, who's going to answer the telephone? So now we create a second department, Jack, is, and, uh, and the admin role is to answer the telephone and input it into a CRM. When I first get started before, my CRM is like this, yellow notepad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the problem with the yellow notepad is that after a week or two, this is all disappeared, right? So we cannot follow up because we forget it's a yellow notepad. So we put it into a CRM. And then the third department is our inside sales team. So our inside sales team, this is a money making because the, the inside sales team will call back the leads to check the timing motivation, see if they're ready to buy and sell now. If they're ready to buy and sell now, then you, you the rain making, you the rain makers will show up because you can close the deals. As your team continue to grow, you can actually delegate that to somebody else as well. But but you know, but that's a different conversation. But that's an example on how to slowly, slowly scale, slowly scale your scale your business. Yeah. So you know, one of the things that I think you're talking about here does take a pretty significant mindset change, because what you're most people are going to, they like to hold on to their business. I mean, let's face it. If you're a realtor or a real estate investor, we have to treat this as a business. Um, this is your baby. You kind of want to hold the reins on it as, as much as you can. But the other side of it is being confident enough to make that investment in another person and knowing that you you have to realize that you're the bottleneck and that you do need some some help. And usually, if you hire somebody on to help you out in this, what, what Rudy is talking about, you are going to generate the revenue in order to pay for that individual and, and then some. You, you, but you have to get beyond that mindset lock. Is that fair to say, Rudy? Yeah, I think uh, Robert Kiyosaki called it the self-employed mindset, right? You know, a good book about this, Jack, is uh, Michael Gerber. The book is The E-Myth, right? So most people get into a business thinking they own a business, but eventually they become a technician in that business, right? So they want to touch everything. The problem with that, the limit on your business now, you, 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 the like you said, you become the bottleneck in that business. So assuming you are really good, Assuming you are really good, then the problem is now you cannot serve more people because now the limit will be you. So assuming you have something that's really good to help more people, then it's actually your duty to scale your business. And in order for you to scale your business, then your business cannot be dependent on you. Right. So going back to most real estate agents, and this is why we are so passionate to like I'm so passionate to help real estate agents to grow their business. Jack is because according to the National Association of Realtors, the average real estate agents with five years, five years experience, their net take home income is actually less than thirty thousand dollars a year. The the real estate agents with two years experience is nine thousand dollars a year. Now, the problem is they are not lazy. These people are working seven days a week, 365 days a year. But because it's on you, right? You there's the, the divorce rate of real estate professional is one of the highest. Right. So so you work hard, you've gone through all these divorce, there is no result at the end of the day. So what we are saying today is that 
The bad news is the problem is you. And the good news is the problem is you. That means we can change that. We can actually change the outcome. So, for example, uh, Jack, in our team, once we, once we put together this model, Many real estate agents in my team, the average real estate agents in my team with two years experience, uh, earning over net income over 100,000. The team leaders in our team, gross commission income is 750,000. The average our model is a $4 million GCI model to help real estate agents to grow and develop their own team. So what we are saying today, there is a solution, right? And especially now as technology becoming more and more advanced, Right now, if you are thinking of buying a house, uh, you, you, you go online. What is the value of a real estate agent if all they do, they're just emailing them homes, homes that the consumer can see online? Right. So how do we compete with technology? Uh, well, number one, you have to know, like, for example, here we teach our agents on how to have access to homes that's not available online. Mm-hmm. How to set, negotiate, collect your own fees so you are not relying on the MLS because once the property get into the MLS, it gets syndicated to over 15,000 end user website. The consumer can see it online. So what is the value? And then the second thing, we build a team because if you're a solo agent, how are you going to compete not only against technology, how are you going to compete against mega team in your marketplace? Because I believe the future in real estate is either you join a team or you build your own team. The solo agent, the solo practitioner, it's very hard to survive, especially as technology becoming more and more advanced. We'll talk about how, like you mentioned about the, 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 the resources, how are you going to be competing with all these billion dollars uh, technology company? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into that, why don't we head over to that top agentsfreedom.com. I'll make sure, like I said, I'll make sure to have that link in the show notes. And I know that some people are going to be listening to the show going, why are we talking about a realtor strategy? Like I said, I've said in previously when we've had other entrepreneurs on this, this podcast, we need to start learning from other, other silos. We need to understand what other people are doing. And, and uh, there's a lot of strategies and insight that Rudy is bringing here that I hope people are listening to. Uh, this team building is an exercise that I think everybody needs to at least consider and and go through. Uh, you know, I, before we run into the technology, Rudy, I have to call out that uh, that diagram you have behind you there, the five core values. Can you run through a few of those for us? Like, what are your five core values that you have listed behind you there? <laughs> Yes, as we build a team, as we continue to build a team, oh, by the way, what is building a team means you need to be good at something that without you actually doing it, right? That's you're building a team. So as you're building a team, there's more and more people coming in on board. So how do you, so the, the next skill is a leadership, right? So how do you keep two, three, four, five? Right now in our team, we have over 150 people in our team. How do you have 150 humans in alignment? So core values, Core values is very important. How do you get, what is core values? It's like your family. Every family has a core value. How do you do things around here? So for example, one of our core values, number one, it's a second mile service. What is a second mile service? So when we hire people, when we, when we bring a team members on board our team, 
most people they do their job is enough not to get fired right so so a first so when we talk about the second mile core values we are talking about if this is the job description the job description is the first mile right so if you are the inside sales team your job is to dial 100 dials so if you if you dial 100 dials well that's your job <laughs> you know it is like you are being paid to do that task mm-hmm. a second mile is you go beyond you go beyond what 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 you you require so we want to put so we are looking for people uh, to represent our brand that really believe that going the extra mile but going the, so for example when we work with buyers showing you homes every day it's our job <laughs> but showing you homes that match your criteria that you cannot see online now we are talking about something else okay you cannot see online it matches your criteria you cannot see it anywhere else right so that's a second mile service the the next one one of our core values is results driven right so we don't want people just coming up with all these ideas <laughs> so at the end of the day hey where is the results right so we, we so when we onboard people uh, we need to have people that that can produce results now the core values is how we hire people and how we fire people. So as you continue to build a team, you have to have that core value. Whatever your core values is, mean core values means whatever that's that's important for 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 like how do you behave in that organization? You line them up, and then you hire people based on that, and then how do you fire people also based on that? Because otherwise, your organization is not going to grow. Or worse, you have toxic behavior. We call it uh, here in our team, Jack. We call it uh, OBT. You know, OBT is onboard terrorists. <laughs> onboard <laughs> terrorists is somebody like a team members in your team, in your payroll, that's actively trying to destroy the business. It's very common everywhere. So you as the leaders, you have to be very intentional about uh, keeping, the, keeping the core values and keeping the energy, the people. And the easiest way is by having a set of core values like here, uh, second mile surface, uh, empowering, empowering, and inspiring others, right? We want people that always, we encourage, we empower, we inspire, we always share success stories, how we help the families, right? So we don't want people that's so secret, you know, most, when I was, when I first get into real estate, uh, Jack, the problem is that everybody is so secretive. As a brand new agent, I was looking for help and everybody like, Rudy, you can do it. And I was like, do what? <laughs> right? Like, I don't like, nobody really showed me the path, right? So mm-hmm. we want to encourage open sharing. People share and help and encourage each other to be the best version of yourself. The, sec- the third one we talk about, uh, results-driven core values. Number four is value, value relationships by uh, expressing gratitude. Right, we want people to always say, "Hey, thank you, thank you, Jack, thank you for, uh, thank you for giving me that." So whatever it is, right? we want to make sure that we value each other and we speak positively. Uh, one of our policy, no gossip. What? No gossip. Gossip means you are talking to someone about something that you cannot change the outcome. So if there's any problem, then the, we, we believe negative goes up. Positive goes everywhere. Negative goes up means go to the leaders. Who is the leaders in that department? Then you go up. That's that's value relationship. The last one, core values number five, embrace continual improvements. As you know, our industry always change. We want people that continue to embrace change and to improve. Right? If you think you know it all, 
then this is not going to be a good fit for you because our industry is always evolving. Now, technology is a big thing here. So if people is so focused on this, this is how I've been doing it. Well, you're going to most likely, you are not going to survive in today's information age. So that's, yeah. that's just an example of our core values. But you, each one of you have to have your own, uh, you know, what you believe. Like, how do you behave in your in your team? And you want more people like that. Yeah, you know, this is something that uh, really is interesting, Rudy, because you've in, in you've created this five, these five core values. You've put it on your wall. I mean, it's a it's a pretty impressive sign. I mean, it's a uh, that you've committed to these five core values. You you hire and fire based on those core values. I've worked for large corporations and and it was almost a regular exercise on an annual basis. We had to come up with our core values and as, as a department or, or what have you. And then we would essentially check that box off and put it in a drawer and not revisit it again until next year. You've uh, you really live and breathe your core values and it's kind of refreshing. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, we don't do annual, uh, what did you say? Just annual reviews, right? In a corporate, we do daily review. I mean, if you see other people in your team that's not in alignment, like why we have to wait until a year? You will forget. It's like my wife telling me, Rudy, remember last year? I don't remember yesterday, right? So if you see people in your team that's not in alignment, we want everybody to protect the integrity of the team. So you have to leave it daily, just like you in just like in your family, right? If you have husband, wife, your kids, if they're not, if suddenly your kids acting whatever against your core values, you want to address that right now, not next Christmas. <laughs> they, right. they, they forgot. <laughs> yep, that's a good man. That becomes more important as your team continue to grow. I think, you know, beyond two, three, because as, if your team is only like two, three, four, five, maybe you can have informal core values, right? You just go lunch with your team and eventually you know if somebody's off. But if you go beyond two, three, four, five, then you really have to define and really have to enforce it. And yep, that's something <laughs> yeah. important. So yeah, no, that was that was great. In fact, I, I I again I think these are exact exercises that we you have to implement when you treat real estate investing as a business. So you, you talked briefly about technology, and before we jump into that, I wanted to remind everybody one more time to head over to topagentsfreedom.com and uh, connect with Rudy and your team. I, I know there's quite a bit of content and resources there for people, um, but before I do, you mentioned leveraging technology, and I know uh, in as realtors, if you're a one-man show, it, it becomes very hard to compete with those larger teams and larger organizations. In real estate investing, we're seeing that on an increasing basis as well. I mean, Zillow is making snap offers now. Um, it, it's becoming harder and harder to compete. What are some of those technology strategies you've run into that to help some of those realtors? Well, how do we compete against technology? How do you compete against a $7 billion enterprise? You don't compete with them because you are not. So this is how we compete with, uh, not compete, this is how we leverage that. So for example, uh, in addition to homes that you already seen online, we have access to homes that you cannot. So how do we have access to homes that you cannot see online? See, the problem in real estate 
with real estate agents and the, the industry norms and standards, the real estate agents, they get paid from the MLS. So that means if the property is not on the MLS, then the agents are less likely or they are not even trained on how to look for homes that match the criteria that's outside the MLS because they don't know how to get paid outside. So, so what we do here, the skill, how do we compete against technology is your in, like your, your intellectual. So for example, we need to know, we teach our agents here, uh, Jack, on how to set, negotiate, and collect their own buyer's broker fees. So, for example, there are many other places of homes aside from the MLS. For example, uh, for sale by owners, expired, canceled, withdrawn, foreclosure, pre-foreclosure, default sales, probate. These are homes that you have no competition because everybody are looking at the same pool. Right? So now we are looking at homes that's not even online. And this is not that complicated. This is all public information. The pre-foreclosure, the notice of default, the divorce, the probate, the homes that's previously listed, right? Expired means they tried to sell the home, they couldn't sell it. So, so now what do we do? When we approach these homeowners, we just show up with directly with the cash offers. See, most people, Jack, they show up, they knock on the door and say, hey, are you thinking of selling your home? Well, what do homeowners want? They just want offers on their house. So instead of saying, hey, are you thinking of selling the home? I just go to your house, Jack, and I just present you with multiple two or three cash offers for your home. So how do we do that? That means we need to have a database of our investors, buyers. Right, right now in my team, Jack, we have access to $700 million of homes. So that way, so now my message on the marketplace, my competition, my uh, most real estate agents is offering free CMA, <laughs> right? What we do, we put guaranteed cash offer on your home within 24 hours. So if you look at my business card on, uh, or everywhere, it doesn't show my, my business everywhere. It says guaranteed cash offer on your home within 24 hours, your home sold at 100% fair market value, or I'll pay you the difference. What is fair market value anyway? A fair market value is what a willing buyer is willing to pay, right? So, so we come up with that. That's called a unique selling proposition, right? What is your unique selling proposition? Because a unique selling proposition, it answered the question that why? Why should I hire you why should I work with you? Why should I sell my house to you over and above other options? Or I don't need to sell my house. So you need to have a unique selling proposition to separate yourself from the masses. So how do we compete with technology? Well, number one, uh, you need to have a unique selling proposition. You're, uh, like in my case, in my team, basically our unique selling proposition is guaranteed cash offer on your home within 24 hours, no open house, no hassles, right? Your home sold at 100% fair market value, or I'll pay you the difference. And then when we work with buyers, we are able to show homes that's not available online. So now we say, hey, in addition to homes that you see online, would you be interested to have access to homes that's not yet available online? So what we do, we, we have our software, we create a software that so all the, all the homeowners that raise their hand saying that, yeah, I'm thinking of selling my home, we put it online, and then, and then all the buyers, so now we can cross match it. So it's a little bit more difficult if you use pen and paper, but, uh, but you can imagine, right? So let's say mm -hmm. thinking of selling their home, and then we have a buyer who's looking to buy homes just like that in that price area. 
So that's how right now in my database, I have 60,000 60, buyers who is looking to buy. And we have over uh, 2,500 homeowners that's thinking of selling. So, so we leverage artificial intelligence. The AI will be able to match the. So if so, on the owner of the house, uh, Jack, if I put one, two, three Main Street, uh, ten thousand square feet lot, two thousand square feet, three bedroom, two bath, uh, one million dollars, for example, in Pasadena, and then I have the buyers who's looking to homes like that. The system, the artificial intelligence can match the two. So now when I go to the owner of the house, they already have multiple, not only they have 100 buyers, but they already have multiple offers on their home. So that's how we, that's how we run it here. So, and it's, it's, it's technology is readily available. The software that I'm talking about, it's available. Like right now, what I'm using here, uh, the technology I just described, it's called Commission Inc. Uh, Commission Inc that I use, but I'm sure there's many others that can do something like that. Well, this is like adding another, uh, you're delegating some of that work to an AI. I mean, it's, it's, it's making that investment and seeing the value in, in, in a tool like that as well. Yes, you, you bring up a good point there about delegation. When we talk about building a team, we talk about leverage. So there are three things that we leverage. We leverage technology, like just now, I just kind of give you a little description. We leverage technology, we leverage people and we leverage systems, right? What is a system? Systems is just a series of checklists. So whatever you do now to prospect, to generate distressed homeowners, for example, right? Every single one of you are doing the same thing. It's a routine. So all you need to do, you just have to write it down, step by, what do I do to generate distressed homeowners? Write it down. That is your checklist. And that is your system. Now, once you perfect that checklist, now you can hire someone to execute that. That's all it is. A system, it's simply a series of checklists. So step number one, you just have to put a checklist and you test it and you yourself do it. One, two, three, four. Make sure you get the result. Once you get the result following the checklist that you created, now you can replace yourself. You have to, then you replace yourself with people and then slowly, just now we talk about technology. So those are the three. Once you do that, that's it. Then now you can run, the business can run independent of you, right? Because in the, in the beginning, Jack, we think we are so good. No, I mean, whatever we do, we, we, somebody can do it. Most likely, Jack, to be honest with you, the other people can do it better than you. <laughs> right? We just have to be humble enough. It, it requires humility, right? I look, I look at myself in the mirror and say, "Well, there is somebody else can do it better than me," right? So, yeah. so then, then the, that's how the business continues to grow. More times than not, they can do it better than you because they're dedicated to that task versus you being stretched and being a one-man band. I mean, it's yeah, you are right. Can you imagine if the individual, if the human, only do that task one thing? They will be so because they, then you know that's how innovation come about, right? Because that's how my the people in my team say, "Hey, Rudy, instead of doing this twenty different ways, if we do these three, it actually will accomplish faster." Like the AI, that's not my that doesn't come like I don't even know what AI is, right? But there's other people whose job is just to do the match between the buyers and the sellers. 
I used to use Excel spreadsheet, by the way. That's my invention, right? That's me mm-hmm. coming up with an Excel spreadsheet. But then when we, are, when we replace me with somebody smarter than me, they say, well, wait a minute. We don't need to use Excel spreadsheet. There's already technology. They call it the AI. Even now, when you go to the website, when you talk to the machine, even on the telephone, just now I mentioned about the inside sales, Jack. The, in the past, I used human. I mean, now we have humans too, but... Do you know the artificial intelligence now is so smart that how, do you know when you talk online, how do you know you are not talking to a human? I'm telling you, our machine now can, we, our machine can actually book appointments. Mm-hmm. When you talk on the phone, you think you are talking to a human. They are not. They are, artif- they, they, they are artificial intelligence. They are programmed to be able to answer this, to, to basically to check timing motivation. That's all we need, right? To see if you are ready to, if you are legitimately want to buy or sell a house now, if your timing motivation now, then the artificial intelligence can book you to a human. So by the time we meet with the real humans, then the humans is only met face to face with a hot prospects. And hot prospects means somebody who's ready to move now. And all the follow up, the machine will put it back into the follow up and they get the drip campaign. Right. Yeah, technology is so cool. And and you know what's cool about all this? They are so affordable. Like all the technology I just described now is like less than $2,000 a month. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? If you were to hire a human for $2,000 a month, like what do you get? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I definitely get it. And, you know, b- being in this industry for as long as we have, Rudy, you got to admit um, and I hate to say this because it's going to annoy a few people, but it seems like the real estate industry itself, whether it's investing or realtors, we're like 10 years behind for the most part when it comes to in technology. It's like people are, are just, I don't know if they think it's, it's too costly or they don't want to, maybe it's, they don't want to invest the time in learning it, but um Seems like we're behind the the eight ball there a little bit. Yeah, every single industry has been disrupted. So real estate industry, I think, yeah, you're right. All the disruption that's going on now in the industry, it's only happening in the last, like, less than a decade. But everybody else already, yeah, it's going on now. That's why everybody gets a little bit panicked. (laughs) Yeah. So just to remind everybody one last time, head over to topagentsfreedom.com. Um, and this has been a great conversation, Rudy, but before I let you go, and I warned it was coming, what question do you wish I would have asked you here today? And you're on mute. Good question, Jack. <laughs> well, if you are a brand new agent or a brand new investors like me, when I first get started, I was 17 years old, Jack. Uh, right first, uh, rich dad, poor dad, like how do I get started, right? Mm-hmm. So how do you get started? <laughs> well, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> so the easiest way, the easiest way, the shortcut, find a mentor, right? So today is 2021. No matter whatever you want to do, find someone that have done it and you model their behavior. Tony Robbins said, uh, it's called modeling, right? Modeling means some find someone who have done it and you model their behavior. Today, 2021, whatever you want. Uh, it could be investing in real estate, making over a million dollars selling real estate, or health, fitness, marriage, anything in life. Somebody, there is no need to invent anything new. So 
So if so back then, if you ask me how to get started, the easiest way, the shortcut, find someone, find a mentor that's willing to take me under their wings and just be coachable, be coachable and you follow and you model their behaviors because if you continue to follow and it's a proven system, they already figure it out. It's a shortcut, right? And then you will get the same uh, result. Essentially, this is what we do here, Jack. Uh, and, and when I was 17 years old, before I was looking for someone to mimic and everybody is so secretive. So I made a promise. I prayed to God that one day if I if I ever figure out how to make a million dollars selling real estate, I promise to to basically just help as many people as I can. So that's that's basically the mission here at Your Home Soul Guaranteed Realty. We want to be the mentor and coach that kind of like the one that I was looking for when I was 17 years old. Uh, basically, we already have a proven plan to make over $4 million GCI model, um, selling real estate without giving up your personal life to do it. You just have to copy that. It's mm -hmm. called modeling. Sure. Well, Rudy, this has been a great conversation. I told you that we would easily fill up half an hour. Um, and here we are. We're probably almost closing in on 40 minutes. Um, I really appreciate your time, Rudy. I hope you'll consider coming back again. And uh, uh, like I said, uh, this has been, it's so great to chat with other verticals and understand what, what's going on and how you're doing some things. And there's definitely some material here that can be directly applied to real estate investing. And I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jack, for having me here. This has been the REI Mastermind Network. You can already tell that we've made some changes and a few more are on the way. If you are interested in what we have planned, head over to patreon.com slash REI Mastermind and support the show today. Financial contributions are always appreciated, along with a like, share, and review. It really helps us grow and reach more people with this valuable information. See you next time and tell a friend.